0: Daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss.
1: I'm Ulysses Ambrano,
0: host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnRays. And you can email us anytime, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Uh, Ulysses, normally we have a What We Learned From The Weekend Takeaway ep- uh, episode on Monday. But because mm-hmm. we had the crossover episode with the Locked On Blue Jays crew, we pushed our Takeaways episode a day. So we have Takeaway Tuesday.
1: That's a better name, honestly. Yeah. Takeaway Tuesday than Monday Takeaways. I don't know about you, know, but
0: it has a ring to it yeah. for sure. So without further ado, what did you learn, observe, take away from the Rays Baseball weekend or Baseball
1: weekend? Well, I learned that, boy, it's award season. Mm-hmm. And Rays fans, as passionate as they are, I feel like sometimes every baseball fan and you know, every sports fan will always have a bias. Hello, we have a bias, team. right? We we you know, seeing everything, reading everything, watching everything about this team, and you you obviously are going to be very passionate about it. But I I think Rays Nation got a little bit heated with KK not getting the Gold Glove. Mm-hmm. His fourth one, the, the it would be the franchise-leading gold glove. He's still tied for number one with uh, Longo. Unfortunately, he did not get it, Kevin. He did not win the gold glove. He just went up in arms. Oh, he was snubbed and all that. I understand where they're coming from, Kevin. But mm-hmm. um, it was a tough one because I wanted to be a real <laughs> homer and say that he was snubbed again. But if we're being impartial, they both had a case for it. And Taylor, I think he had the edge. He had the edge. The the, the numbers, uh, Taylor beats him in outs above average, 15 to 12. Uh, He was graded with better routes. Uh, KK does beat him in five-star catches, 23.1% to 8.3% and reaction time as well. Uh, But taylor got has kk beaten defensive war 15.3 to 8.9 hasn't beaten dia and defensive run saved 19 to 13 and of course we have to always talk about this kk did not have as many innings as normally you would expect from outfielders especially center fielders um taylor hasn't by almost 300 innings uh yeah played even more so as a race fan, I understand watching KK patrol the center field. Kevin has been a joy to watch for the last eight years or mm-hmm. so. He had a case for it, but I, I do think it went to the best center fielder this this year.
0: Yeah, and credit to Michael Taylor for reinventing himself and putting himself on the right track. And this is a guy that, if you watch some of the highlights, what's really impressive is playing center field. He's about 6'4", 6'5". And to be as athletically gifted and agile as he is, is, is commendable for sure. Although the one thing I would say, and, you know, I'm, I'm not really hurt or I'm not outraged that KK didn't win it. I'm not outraged that Joey Wendell didn't win it. I'm not outraged that Randy Rosarena didn't win it. Um, what I will say in KK's favor is... uh. The catches he made and the plays he made, I feel like generally were in bigger spots with more stakes. Okay. Michael Taylor was playing for the Royals. Yes. Is it really, okay, you make a great play against the Twins or the Tigers and you're on the road to nowhere. Your team's not going anywhere. There's not that pressure, that stress, that we need this play to be made. We need to win the division. We need to find a way to... Uh, Built some steam over the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, we're playing for something here and things get a little bit tighter, a little bit more pressure filled. And it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say easier, but it is in a way easier to play loose and fun and make a great play when uh, you're, you're on a bad team. And, and there's not like, Oh, we, th- this play has to be made. So I would give that. That's where I feel like KK definitely stands out. and, as much as we don't want to acknowledge it, there is sometimes a little bias in the offensive component that ties into the right. gold glove. But I will say KK was actually better than league average in center field offensively. I, I found out this is courtesy of fan graphs, the uh, league averages for center fielders. 242 314 405 line. KK had a 259 328 388 line. So that's just my spiel. I wasn't like, "Oh my gosh, how did the Rays not come away with a gold glove?" I you you made a point about the innings. That was the same thing for for Randy and and Ben Intendi. I mean, Ben Intendi played 1100 innings in left field. Yeah. Randy played basically half that, 600 or so. So, and
1: and that's just the DNA of this team. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're going to platoon. You're going to put guys, you know, versatile. You play left today. You're going to play right t- tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, trying to get KK uh, off his feet because he plays in turf because he's had the injury pass. So all of this plays into it. Uh, that doesn't mean that they are bad outfielders because we say that somebody else should have gotten the, right. the award. Honestly, I like we said last week, KK had the best shot. Out of Wendell and the Rosarena yeah. and himself to get the Gold Glove, so that's why I'm putting the spotlight on KK. Uh, and even so, if you are a race fan, a homer at heart, and which is completely okay, seeing all the numbers, this Michael A. Taylor does not not have the case for for being a Gold Glove winner. I, I think he outright does. I love that though. Love that insight of, of yours, Kevin. Where does it matter most? Mm-hmm. An 8-0 to zero game against the Twins right? where nobody's going anywhere. Everybody's yeah. going to be on their couch on October 3rd. Or playing in the ALEs, going for 100 wins, uh, where everybody had a shot at the division with 10 games left. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I take
0: your point. Uh, Anything else you learned from the baseball weekend, it being award season and so forth?
1: Well, yes. Yes, I did. Um, A couple of things. Kevin Cash has uh, been nominated for Manager of the Year once again. And also, we've got not one, but two nominees for Rookie of the Hmm. Year. So we put up a poll today saying, line in the sand, who do you think should win between Randy Rosarena and Wander Franco. Do you know what the latest percentages of that poll uh, are? Uh, I believe
0: it's about pretty overwhelmingly in favor of Randy to Wander. About two-thirds of the voting populace, 66% for Randy, 33% or so for Wander. Exactly.
1: And I I feel like that's a good gauger of of – where things are going to happen i i think it's an honor just to be honored if, if mm-hmm. you're wonder franco because of the of the lack of games i think i read somewhere that i forget who it was was it willie mays some it was some ridiculous big name in baseball lore that it hasn't happened where they win rookie of the year with as little games played as mm-hmm. wonder franco had right so it's just it's a historic thing that he's already even been nominated for the, for the amount of games that he yeah. was played. So this to say, I expect Randy to come away victorious in the Rookie of the Year award uh, against Luis Garcia and and uh, Wander Franco, and that will help me in our prop bed mm. review episode, Kevin. I actually I actually think that
0: Wander is going to win this thing, being that he is named. A finalist. Oh, in wow. fact, I would not be surprised if the voting is Wander one, Luis Garcia two, and Randy three. Wow! Because you talk about Wander and being in the same breath as Willie Mays. I think, I think it was
1: Willie Mays. I think don't don't okay. don't
0: quote me. Uh, when do when do these votes have to be turned in by the BBWAA?
1: Before the first wild card game, so no okay. playoff games can be played.
0: I think some recency bias will be a play in this thing. I think Wander Franco's 43 game on base streak, I think his post all-star break surge, let's not forget he hit 314 in the second half of the season. In fact, he was the best rookie in the second half of the season. From the all-star break on, he led all AL rookies with a 314 average, 69 hits and 45 runs, all while playing a very premium position in shortstop and i'll say this i i'm hesitant to i i'm not trying to take away what randy has done this year had a really 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 good solid season 2020 player we, we can talk about all the metrics but
1: hey we had him on our player review yes, he had a 93 from us that's, that's true it's an a
0: he's 26 years old and he's been in three postseasons already at some point it's like Is he really a rookie, though? Play by rules. Is he really a rookie?
1: Ichiro won Rookie of the Year at 27. And
0: okay, fair enough. Still, little apples and oranges with Ichiro coming over from Japan. Um, And I think that there were some higher expectations from some based off what Randy did in the 2020 postseason. That you know, if he was, if he had a 30-30 season this year or 35-35, if he just went bonkers and continued to some extent that play from the postseason but i feel like
1: there's still a little bit of
0: a letdown from some which is nuts because he had a 2020
1: season and i know you know but but i'm just saying i love that you said recency bias because remember when they were voting yeah. that uh, for the for this award you have to think what was happening in randy's life the 2020 He Mm -hmm. got that stolen base the last weekend of the season, so I think that those articles got got him a little bit of of um, of confidence with the voters, and also recency bias. Let's not forget that Wonder Franco got hurt his hamstring in Detroit, running the bases, so he actually missed like ten games. So, I think that also plays into the recency bias of not playing enough games, not doing enough, not being on the field as much as
0: yeah, me. I just feel like people have the on base streak in mind. they have the feeling of the the biggest name prospect to come in years. I think that has a little, little bit cash to it, yeah, for sure. Uh, player, right now. Wander or Randy? Better today. Not who's who right, has who's the better there, career path, right but now. who is the better baseball player?
1: I haven't seen Randy Rosarena as lost as Wander was his first month mm-hmm. ever. I've never seen Randy be that lost. Have we ever seen Wander be as hot as Randy was in that postseason? That's a good point. I don't think so. Randy did not shy shy away this uh, playoffs either, so I'm not ready to say that Wander Franco is better right now than Randy Rosarena, but he's like yeah. so close. It's like yeah, by decimal points, really.
0: But let me say this: if there's a guy who could win Rookie of the Year playing 70 games, it would it's, be Wonder it's Franco. Wander Franco.
1: It fits yeah. the profile. It, it, it's gotta be. That's good. I mean, you're twisting my arm yeah. here. I'm still going for Randy because I want the prop bet uh, to 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 come out victorious, but. You make a solid point, man. I think it's gonna
0: happen. We'll find out in a couple days. Uh, We first, we've got a lot more to talk about on today's show, but first, we've got to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Be sure to head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code, Locked on, L O C K E D O N, to receive that bonus. Bet online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And it is where the game starts. Uh, getting to some listener comments here from the Randy Wander debate. Uh, time, I can says Randy, while Wander picked up the struggling team, there is something to be said about the body of work in the majors, every day availability, gold glove nominee, and the offensive stats back up production, not an award for most talented rookie, but just the best rookie season. But again, do the voters always vote that way? That uh-huh. is the question. Um, Bsc 010203. That is some Twitter account name. If I've ever and he has a he has a profile picture oh, really? too. So how about okay. that? I was gonna say that, uh, that sounds like a box. Yeah, uh, it could be a bot. Who knows? <laughs> who, who knows in this day and age of anti-social media? He says, uh, or I, I don't even want to yeah, presume if it's assume. a he or no. she or they this person says, right. I want wander, I want Wander to win it all, uh, but it's going to be Randy for sure. And then Tampa Bay AJ. Okay, that's a better Twitter account name. Oh, my goodness. Uh, kind of sucks they're wasting both of them in the same year. Wander <laughs> should have been for next year. So is, is the, the idea C- that to, to, I, – I would hope so that you just like want to save Wander so he can get the get the rookie of the year <laughs> award. Like That has to be a joke. That's yeah, funny. I think that's a little bit yeah. trolling there. But yeah. uh, getting to uh, something I learned from the weekend – Mike Zanino is returning to the Rays in 2022. His $7 million option was picked up. I mean, this had to happen, too. I can't believe. Look, we know the Rays are cheap, but they can't be this cheap to where they would have to hesitate on a move like this. Right?
1: I I didn't want to sweat it out as much as... A lot of people seem to have done. Like, mm-hmm. but, dude, have you read? Uh, do you, don't? I know you don't, so that's good. But I I spent some time looking at the the the, the responses at Topkin's tweets oh, about God. it. Oh my goodness, dude! There are some people out there that just, <laughs> dude, everything has to be a a crap a storm. Like, dude, just like, oh well, it's too so. Ch-. Like, we get it. We know. But like, well, he's probably gonna get traded. <laughs> well, and then they're gonna get you know guys, settle down. Yeah. Settle down, just just say cool, that's awesome. I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they got a guy who can hit 30 bombs, handle mm-hmm. 38 different pitchers, put up good defensive run safe, uh, uh uh defensive framing analytics, yeah, be an elite defensive catcher. I'm glad they got that guy for $7 million. Let's let's go Rays. Raise yeah. up. It's, oh my god, oh my god, just stop.
0: God. They're not trading him. Is that what the theory yeah. is oh, that they'll so trade him to
1: save money? They're going to trade him. Oh, who are they trading him for prospects now? It's like that's which is so illogical because most of the time race trades are actually really good for the team. Yeah. So th- this – but this peep point always about Stu, making everything about Stu, mm-hmm. like, yes, we understand. We're going through some hardships right now as, uh, as race fans. Why do we always have to put the focus on the stadium, yeah. on, on on the cheapness of the owner? Can we just sometimes just say, yay, we're keeping the 30-homer yes. catcher?
0: The 33-homer catcher yeah, who did know. it in 109 games. And I've I've said this before. I've made this joke, but it's really not even a joke. I felt like this past season, every Zanino at-bat was a must-watch at-bat. Every 10 at-bats, he was going long. Yeah. So, I mean, he had one of the best home run per at-bat rates in the game. Yeah, yeah. He's going to strike out a ton, but when he made contact, uh-huh. it didn't matter the launch angle. It didn't matter where it was pitched necessarily. When he put barrel literally to ball, good things happened. Yeah for the Rays. So, good for him uh to I, I, we talk about uh incentives and how important that is. I mean, 7 million dollars overlooking your head, yeah, you're going to work hard for that thing. And you know, th- t- just to your point about uh, uh, are the Rays going to pick up this option and then trade him? If the Rays didn't get rid of Mike Zanino after batting 147 and 165 the last 2 years, they're not giving up on Zanino now to save a couple of bucks. But
1: they're here. cheap, Kevin. Seven million dollars for the race. is like so much money. Like, oh, yeah, that whole diatribe. Okay, just focus on the positives. When the positives happen, they're keeping a guy who hit thirty-three bombs, who can handle thirty-eight different yeah. pitchers in a in an elite way behind the dish. That that's a good thing.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if there's conversations because I think, look. I don't think he's going to replicate what he did this past season. This was his career year.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, this was what else uh, do you expect if this yeah. wasn't his career year? And besides seven million dollars, Kevin, like how much of a trade-off would it be? Like if you get a two million catch catcher, a three million million right. dollar like seven million, it's yes, yeah. it's, it's okay.
0: But my point is I think that you know, whether he hits thirty-three home runs or hits 18 to 22 home runs and gives you a 210 average. They value so much of what he's able to do with the defensive end of things and the leadership end of things and working with the pitching staff that I would not be surprised if they take a page out of the Atlanta Braves playbook. And if Zanino's rolling a little bit during this upcoming season that they say, you know what, we're going to give you a little extension action. We're going to give you a one or two year extension like Mm -hmm. the Braves did with Travis Darno, and like they did with Charlie Morton. I guess some of it is contingent on the development of Francisco Mejia, Rene Pinto, who was added to the 40 man, Blake Hunt, Ford Proctor. But I I think they really, really, really like what Zanino brings to the table. And uh, I hope, look, like I said, I don't think he's going to replicate what he did this season, next year, or ever again. But I think that there, there's somewhere, there's some middle ground between his awful seasons and his best seasons. But he's at least, he's clearly figured something out. He's clearly healthier. Yes. And I think that's a big thing of knowing this is what I did with my stance, with my swing, with how I prepared my body and got ready game in and game out, that this is what I need to do to perform at he knows what it, it takes to perform at Pig Zanino level and yeah. i think that's a good thing going forward
1: and no outside noises of like oh am i going into a new and a new organization no you know everything mm-hmm. now from 2019 this guy takes time the, uh, sometimes it takes time and 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 one thing uh, i i kind of want to point out before we, we move on <sighs> dude this guy took a pay cut yeah remember come the, back yeah he took a pay cut and and the race still wanted him, but not at four mil. Mm-hmm. So he signed for 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 two mil and, and change. Like to believe in yourself so much to say no, no, I'm, I can take the pay cut because next come next yeah. year, I'm going to get those seven mil. And he did that. That speaks to that guy's work ethic. Mike Zunino. I mean, we, we've 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 talked to um, Charlie. Yeah, scout. Charlie Aliano, Aliano, scout with the
0: Cincinnati Reds, who has a relationship with—I mean, he
1: works with Mike Zunino's dad, Greg Zunino—and and without even prompting him, he just gushed about Zunino's yeah. work ethic, and and it really shows. And I think race fans should be happy that this was picked up. Do not. Your extension deal, because I think Zunino wants to stay in Tampa. He's a you, Florida boy, Florida man. You you take the pay cut. They trust in you. They keep playing you. You have your career year. You're, you're two hours away from where you went to high school. Yes, a, and your parents are here. I, I feel like that is a very very real situation. If we were to put a poll right mm-hmm. now on Twitter to say who is the most uh, uh contract extension. Hottest candidate, and we were to put Zunino's name on there, he would get their last. Mm. But I'm with you, Kevin. He might be the 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 the, the most yeah. you know attractive guy to get him to sign right now. It's so funny because I think look what Zunino has been able
0: to do by himself has certainly man I almost dropped my water there. Oh man, that's not going to show up well on video. <laughs> um, I think that. The, the pandemic shortened season helped him out a little bit from the perspective of able to rest and retool the body. You didn't have the grind of, oh, okay. I've got to play 120 games at catcher. And mm-hmm. it just wears on you and wears on you as you get, I mean, he's been around, he's played a lot of baseball over the years, a lot of catcher over the years. And I think that finally having a good number two, or at least a guy that can, yes, the, the Rays can trust in Francisco Mejia to say, Hey, can you take, 60 plus games, uh, you know, can you help us out here or at least drop a little bit of a time? Yeah. yeah. Give us a a legit timeshare to where that eases things off of Zanino a little bit. And, and that's that's huge for him. I think going forward, of course, you know, he's a big guy, he's a strong guy, pound for pound, one of the, the strongest baseball players out there, just being able to maintain that flexibility and staying healthy and not have the soft tissue injuries pop up. A little over under action for you, okay, Ulysses. Uh, For Zanino next season, 24 and a half home runs. Oh, boy. Over, under. And I will throw in the caveat or just a little backdrop here. 33 this season. He had 25 in 2017, 20 in 2018, and 22 in 2014.
1: So he's only crossed 24 one other time. Yeah. And you want me to say over? Oh, come on. Under.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. To, Fair enough.
1: To, I, I, you can't play against the odds lap that way.
0: Um, speaking of catchers, Ulysses, uh, one last thing from this Takeaway Tuesday. Uh, I guess it's a bittersweet or maybe just a bitter moment. <laughs> I guess it just brings up bad memories if you're a Rays fan. Uh, Buster Posey announced his retirement late last week, and it just brings back what could have been. He could have very well been in a Rays uniform. And, of course, we know the story. The Rays didn't draft Buster Posey. They drafted Tim Beckham instead, and they had very, very differing careers, uh, Mm -hmm. clearly. But uh, before we get into that a little bit, I want to throw this question out to you. Buster Posey, Hall of Famer, yes or
1: no? Does a bear poop in the woods? He does. As my friend would say. Yes. I, and I, again, okay. I, I got to stop getting on anti-social media this much. People are actually making an effort to prove that Buster Posey is not a Hall of Fame catcher. Like, what kind of mental gymnastics do you need to pull to say that Buster Posey is not a Hall of Famer, an MVP, a batting champ, a three-time World Series champion? Yeah, those just grow on trees, yeah. Kevin. Let me just get one of those over there at Publix real quick.
0: A career 302 hitter from the catching position and one of the best, one of the best defensive framers of our generation as yeah. well.
1: <laughs> I, 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 this guy is is that's why we, it still sucks to yeah. to talk about Buster Posey because we think, hmm, what could have been? Uh 2010 playoffs, 2011 playoffs, 2013 playoffs. 2019, 2020, 2021 playoffs. Yeah. Just one of those, could Buster Posey have been the X Factor? I think yes.
0: Yeah. You know, you look at the story of Buster Posey, and it's funny because the people that don't believe he's a Hall of Famer, I mean, if we're going just by, and you got to look at war a little bit different. Than catchers but buster posey is a higher career war than yadier molina at least according to baseball reference right now the one maybe i i don't think that he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer no but i think he eventually gets in he eventually slips in and um we talk about buster posey i think and, and we talk about what makes a guy a hall of famer not just what he did in a giant's uniform and winning three titles within five, five years, years within his first couple of years. But you look at the big picture, you look at no character drawbacks. What? So yeah. you, you've talked about this before with the hall of fame. They always use the character clause as a drawback instead of a positive. Yes. Thing. Buster Posey. What? I mean, the, the quintessential professional yeah. and a guy who's adopted children. But besides all that, like, We're talking about the story of Buster Posey. There's a rule. There's a Buster Posey rule. There's a rule. He, in a way, changed baseball a decade ago.
1: And this is what kind of bothers me the most when it's the offseason because now we get everybody's hot takes on on the Hall of Fame, including ours. Hot take. Um, Look. The integrity clause has got to work both ways. I love yeah. that you said that. It has to be a negative. If, if you if want it to be a negative, sure, okay. But it also has to help out people. How many players have not gotten into the Hall of Fame that could have if they just added the integrity clause? Just like mm-hmm. they did somebody to not go into the Hall of Fame. So uh, that yeah. that's 100%. And, and second of all, let's not forget what the Hall of Fame actually is. It's a museum. Mm-hmm. So in a museum, you're trying to tell a story. In this particular museum, you're trying to tell the story about baseball. Winning three World Series championships in five years is not an easy thing to do for a whole team. For one player to be in all of those teams, even more difficult. Yeah. How can you tell the story of baseball of the last decade without mentioning Buster Posey? You simply cannot. So that is also something that needs to be talked about the Hall of Fame. It's a museum. You need to tell the story of baseball throughout this museum. The yeah. players, the stories, what happened. How can you not include players that literally changed the game of baseball by being players themselves? Yeah. And, and, and by being in the middle of the greatness that happened w- while their career was, was going on. Ah, Buster Posey is a Hall of Famer. And one more thing. The first ballot Hall of Famer, I understand what you're getting at, and I, and, and and yes, he's not a first ballot. But you know what the most beautiful thing about the Hall of Fame is? One of the most beautiful things about the Hall of Fame is that it doesn't matter if you're Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. or if you are Edgar Martinez. Yeah. They don't have, like, a little stripe that says first ballot. No. Right. First year, 15th year, 10th year, 15th for, for those that are as old as we are, Kevin, when it was 15 years, uh, now it's ten the maximum, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you get in. It doesn't even matter if you get in through the Veterans Committee. You're a Hall of Famer. A couple marks on Buster Posey. He's one of just
0: five catchers to win a batting title, and of the catchers currently enshrined in the Hall, only Yogi Berra, Mike Piazza, and Pudge Rodriguez posted higher marks in all three triple crown categories of batting average home runs in RBIs. And he had a peak between 2012 to 2017. He was basically, if not for a guy named Mike Trout, he was, by all measurements, the best position player in baseball aside from Mike Trout. Now, the one thing that gives me maybe a little bit of hesitation is um, Jorge Posada's not in the Hall of Fame, so I wonder if that... And and I guess we got to wait and see on Joe Maurer, too. Right.
1: Right? So maybe... You know, with Posada though, it's 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 the defensive lacking yes. uh, uh, there that I think is going to draw. But he back. also
0: won four rings, and the the offensive numbers are pretty darn good from the catching position.
1: They're really good. They're really good. So, but again, I, I think when you yeah. look at the overall components, I think Buster still got to be got got beat.
0: And uh, kind of tying this into the Rays a little bit, I have a little bit of a theory as to why the Rays didn't draft Buster Posey oh
1: boy hot take give it to me
0: so besides the let's take the what we consider to be the higher upside high school shortstop sure i think maybe the rays had some thinking of because it was 2008 when that draft was yeah dioner navarro was an all-star yeah you had john jason So I think that they maybe thought that's your position for the next decade yeah. or so. Although, if you could just look at Buster Posey and say, he does not have to be a catcher. You yeah. at first base. You stick him at DH. He's going to hit no matter. This is a guy <laughs> who literally had one of the best, if not best, offensive
1: seasons in college.
0: Division yeah. One baseball, the ACC. There was a year where he batted 463.
1: Un, un, you know what? I, I kind of like that theory because before I think 2012, maybe even a little bit later than that, the race scouting uh, uh, development people started saying that they only looked at not what they had, but best player available. You only yeah. started hearing that about eight years ago, right? So maybe before eight years ago, they were like, well, no, let's look at what we need and then draft that instead of, look, I don't care if I have three catchers. Mm -hmm. If if he's a really good catcher, I'm going for him. I think maybe your uh, conspiracy theory might uh, might have some – we might have to have somebody on from the front office of of the yesteryears. We might
0: have to. We might have to. And it's so weird because it's not like – I mean, they had had success with drafting college players before that. David Price yeah. was clearly going to be a dude. Evan Longoria yeah. was going to be a dude. And then I think in 2006, they drafted Jeff Neiman. So there was a
1: little bit of a history there. Um, Let me post a question yeah. real quick. What do you think is the worst thing to do as a front office? Bypass Buster Posey for Tim Beckham? Mm. Or say yes to the Chris Archer deal if you are the pirates oh what's a worse move i'm i guess we might have to wait
0: on the pirates thing but i'm sort of leaning towards buster posey tim beckham because you also have to think about clearly they did not do their homework or did they they did not in that era care all that much about character and makeup because if you look at the guys that they drafted (laughs) around those couple years you had tim beckham who i think i don't think he's a bad dude necessarily i think maybe there was some
1: yeah
0: look you're you're for the next for his entire life he's going to be living in the buster posey shadow but
1: josh sale
0: brandon martin like there was i mean they had some whiffs Mm. big time um but you also have to think about all right we got a 17 18 year old and we're gonna hand him six million dollars six plus million dollars
1: you gotta know what you gotta know
0: yeah and Buster Posey, again, maybe same thing happens. But – and I don't want to compare a guy, one guy's character to another guy's character. But you look at how successful FSU was and ha- Academic All-American, all these accolades that Buster Posey had racked up, you could tell that this guy's mature beyond I, his years.
1: I mean, honestly, I, th- I think it's always trickier to, to draft high school guys because yeah. you don't know. But they're more fungible, right? You, they don't have right. as many things that – that you have to change or whatever. But we've gone long enough on this bus yes. to totally tirade. Uh,
0: I know. So I guess in a way, I guess in less five, six, seven years from now, we'll have to circle back and say what could have been yeah. with the race. Could you just imagine – Hosey and Longo. Ah,
1: oh, don't make me. Th- oh, yeah, I can't. I yeah. can't. They did pretty good in, in, in the, with the Giants this year until he got that hurt. That is
0: true. Yeah. That is true. But oh. uh, congrats to Buster on. A great career, and I agree with you. Yeah, I think he's eventually going to make it into the Hall of Fame for sure. On that note, thank you again for making the Locked on Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on Bets podcast. That is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Thank you all. We will talk to you tomorrow.